Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Fab Five Freddy told me everybody's side. DJ spinning, I said, my, my. Flash is fast, flash is cool. Francois, c'est pas. Flash ain't no do, and you don't stop. Sure shot, go out to the parking lot. And you get in your car and drive real far. And you drive all night, and then you see a light. And it comes right down and lands on the ground. And out comes a man from Mars. And you try to run, but he's got a gun. And he shoots you dead. the real problem you think you did nothing wrong your morals are very very low and you just used an ethnic slur joking around you are you okay with that you think the jewish community is okay with what you said sam the fact that i walk in and say hey i'm gonna have to jew you down is not an ethnic slur that has nothing to do i'm not referring okay i'm not referring to the jewish community community okay i use that term as an adjective, as a descriptive word of bargaining them down. The person I said it to knew it. I think you or anyone that's watching that knows that. So yes, that is not an ethnic slur. You can go in my office right now and beside the American flag, I have the flag of Israel. That is not meant for that. And, and I think you know that. So no, I'm not apologizing for that. I didn't say that towards any person or about any person. I think a Jewish person would probably disagree with that being an, uh, an ethnic slur. I mean, that's actually what it refers to. So that was Monday. That was the backdrop, in case you haven't been following this story. That was uh, what Newsweek picked up uh, online, newsweek.com, what MSN picked up, what um, the Jerusalem Post, of all places, picked up. Uh, and really, outside of Florida, that was about it. I didn't see it in any other national, international news outlets. But, you know, three's good enough or bad enough, depending on how you want to look at it. So we talked quite a bit about this. Um, I basically said I didn't think it's that much of a slur. Um, I even communicated with some friends who are Jewish who were like, yeah, that's not that big of a deal. Um, in the grand scheme of things, that's pretty small potatoes. And, um, you know, I don't think that Sam had e- evil in his heart. And, you know, I think sometimes you grow up around a word and you just get used to it or a term, you, you get used to it. And if you grow up around people who don't say stuff like that, you get used to it not being said. Uh, that's my experience. Um, you know, I don't use that phrase and wouldn't. Um, but, okay, so Sam used that um, and also talked about other stuff in that video. Okay, that was actually, uh, that was the least part of the allegations against him. But, you know, people get very worked up about race-related things. And so there you go. The international story was not about Sam Parker um, making jokes about getting a tax break if he pays in cash. <laughs> the, the international attention was based on uh, the race-related comments. So yesterday, to start the uh, county commission meeting, the, um, uh, the uh, forum, uh, Sam apologized. I want to take a moment to address the video that was shown during Monday's meeting. The surveillance video showed me inside a general rental center in Milton during January of this year. During my conversation with the cashier, I used to figure a speech that I've since learned has a history of being meant to be derogatory towards Jewish people. At the time that I made the statement, I had absolutely no intent of saying anything offensive or derogatory towards any group of people or any individuals. I'm sorry for the pain or suffering that my statement caused to anyone, and I hope that you'll accept my sincere apology. So that was part one, pretty straightforward, then a quick follow-up. Also want to publicly apologize to the county attorney, Tom Danheiser. Tom, I know you're Jewish, and I'm sorry 
for using that phrase in your presence during Monday's meeting when we were discussing the item, and I hope you'll accept my sincere apology. There you go. So apologize to everybody. Also apologize to former judge, now uh, county attorney Tom Danheiser. And that was kind of an interesting moment because um, Tom kind of took up for Sam and talked for about three times as much as Sam actually talked about the issue. Yes, I'm Jewish, and during this whole process, I've, of course, had my own thoughts. In fact, uh, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I've been Jewish for 67 years in about two weeks. Uh, my Jewish great-grandfather, uh, David Danheiser, came here from Germany, had a, a bar down on South Palafox Street. Apparently, had, they had a lot of fun from some newspapers I've read from the day. My great-great-grandfather, Gerson Forsheimer, came here from Germany and helped establish the first reform synagogue in the state of Florida. That's Temple Bethel. Wow. He was one of the original founders. In fact, he was a merchant and had a store here in Milton in the 1860s. And I carry around some script they used to issue from that store. So we kind of know this area. <laughs> and we're kind of in a position of authority to be able to talk about things like, you know, anti-Semitism, Judaism, relationship with Christian. I mean, you know, like, it's, you know, that, that was kind of an interesting history. And I didn't know that his great, great, great uh, helped founded Temple Bethel. Um, that, that, that was fascinating. You're right. The phrase you use shouldn't be said, and it's, it's good that you apologize. However, if we all honestly look at the video of our lives, we'll all find something, including me, that if it was public, we would regret saying, whether it was intentional or not. I know I would, and I assume most everybody else. And, and, and by the way, I, I'll, I'll amplify just a little bit. I, I don't think it's only that you know people will find stuff that you would regret saying, um, I think they'll find stuff that you know other people would interpret badly, but you say it anyway because you know that the sort of the environment of judgmentalism in our country right now is insane. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, I'm a talk show host. I speak my mind a lot, but I still don't say everything that I think. I say things in private with people that I would not say in public because the people I say it to in private understand where my heart is the people in public are not quite as forgiving all the time <laughs> you know they don't have and you know, i think sam understands that maybe a little bit better now than he ever did before um and that's a true thing too we all censor i mean only an idiot doesn't censor himself <laughs> i just think that's just but the degree to which there's judgment for things you say if you're smart and paying attention will affect the level of censorship in, imposed and that's a problem but that's just true. So, yeah, nobody wants to be followed around with a video camera 100% of the time or to have every interaction that they do in a store or at a bank or at a restaurant put out on the Internet because none of us would look great, I think, or at least all of us would probably have some things to explain, right? And we'd probably do dif differently if we knew that was coming. The phrase you use is not right, but I've heard it used my whole life from friends, strangers, acquaintances, ones even knew I was Jewish. They never... It was not never used with ill intent, and while it shouldn't be said, I think you need to look in someone's heart and not just some word. Like Chris Rock said, anyone who said words heard has never been hit punched in the face. <laughs> I love when I love when a former judge is quoting Chris Rock as the county attorney at a county commission meeting. That's good stuff. I mean, that's good stuff, and he's right. And that's the kind of the point is. 
even if we acknowledge, and I think it's fair to say, as I said, that, you know, this is a racial slur, but it's a really low-grade level one. You know what I mean? It's There are way worse ones. And in the grand scheme of being racist, okay, this is about as low a mark as you can achieve. And there are some things that are really, I mean, you know, as he said, words do hurt and words do matter. But there are things that are way worse than that. And, you know, if you think that words are, you know, the same as being punched, you need to get punched. Just so you know the difference, because there's a difference. I speak only for, for myself, but I know you're not anti-Semitic. I didn't know you until about a year and a half ago. And the first time I met with you in your office, and it wasn't a prop for me, you had the Israeli flag in your office. That wasn't set there for me. That's something you've had, so it was true to your heart. And I judge people by how they treat their fellow man. And I just want to, uh, thanks for the apology. It's not needed for me. I'm not offended. If other people are, that's their right. But I know that uh, you are not a hateful person, so, but I appreciate your comments. And that's actually a really interesting one, too, because, you know, it's very common for uh, evangelical Christians, particularly charismatic or Pentecostal, and I believe Sam's a Pentecostal, um, you know, to staunch support for the, the state of Israel and for the Israeli people. And that, of course, is the kind of thing that somebody who's genuinely anti-Semitic would not do, <laughs> right, obviously. But it doesn't mean that everything somebody with an Israel flag, Israeli flag hanging in their, their office, it doesn't mean that they can't get things wrong in that, that vicinity, right? I mean, even though your heart is right on you know, loving a people group, let's say, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get everything right about that people group or that you're not going to do something that would be unintentionally or mildly offensive to them. So it's more that 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 shows where his heart is at. That doesn't necessarily mean that everything he says is therefore okay. I mean, and it's just, you know, kind of keep these things in mind. So I thought it was interesting to hear Sam's apology, uh, to hear Tom Danheiser's um, kind of, you know, add on and basically expressing that I'm, you know, not offended by this. This is no big deal, even though maybe you shouldn't say it, and uh, let's just move on. And a couple of people spoke, and it, it was boring. I mean, like, I, I thought the meeting was going to be a, a, a giant, you know, <laughs> monkey fight, and it just wasn't. It just wasn't. There was Nobody throwing poo at each other. <laughs> well, one or two. But I, it's not worth playing. Cause, and actually, I was surprised uh, Chris Smith didn't show up. That surprised me the most. The guy who drops his bomb in the middle of everything doesn't even show up yesterday to the meeting. I'm or, surprised. well, I, I should wasn't on the audio. He didn't speak. He might have been there. I wasn't watching like to see if he was on camera or anything like that. But he wasn't there to follow up on any of this. I'm surprised Chris Rock didn't show up. <laughs> just Chris Rock. And and you know honestly, I I'm just I'm speculating here. I don't know. Um, I Chris was not there that I was aware of. Um, you know he he might have shown up and the deputies might have said something to him. I don't. I'm just I I don't think that's what happened. But I don't know. All I'm all I'm saying is I was surprised he didn't speak. Because, I mean, if you're going to lead a charge like this on a Monday, um, it's weird to not say something on a Thursday when Sam is the chairman. Unless you're, if you're like, oh, I, you know, I've had my whole say. I'm done here. My work here is done. It's 521 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Spence Cole of Morning News. And, you know, if you're thinking about whether you should sell your house or not, you're going to get good advice from somebody who really knows what is the market doing. What's happening in your neighborhood? How are interest rates affecting demand? How are the availability or how is the availability of new homes affecting demand? You know, all of that stuff. Well, that's Christina Leavenworth. 
I mean, she has an incredible uh, ability to have her pulse on the finger, her finger on the pulse of what's going on in the local community and sees it every single day. You know, and when it, the market was hot, she was really good at getting you above asking price offers quickly, like within a day or two. Now that the market is cooler, um, she's still really good at getting offers within a day or two, many times, sometimes above uh, list price. It's not as common. Okay, the market is different. But this is really the time to make sure that you get the best price for your home. And in fact, she has, tell me the other day, she has one in, uh, one in Milton that went in a day, another one in Milton that went in a day, uh, another one that listed at five grand over, or the, it, the, the offer was for five grand over list. I mean, just for example, three houses she's been working on in the last couple of weeks. Now, if she can't sell your home within 30 days, she says she won't charge you anything. And don't get like stars in your eyes like, woohoo, I'm not going to have to pay a commission. No, she'll sell your home in 30 days. I mean, that's the way that's going to work. But that's good, right? That's what you want, the result. She's also got a list of cash buyers. If you're motivated and you're not too eager to get the maximum, you know, you just want to get the deal done quick, she can take care of you for that. So find out what Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty can do for you. It is amazing what they do, frankly. 723-9158. 723-9158. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo, Maria in Miami, and Jules in Troy, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Spring is a great time of the year for gardening, whether it's fertilizing the lawn, pruning, planting shrubs, and summer blooming plants, and of course, tending to that vegetable garden. This is Mike Wiggins. If you've got spring gardening questions, we've got answers on the News Radio Garden Line every Tuesday morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. And if you miss us on Tuesday, then catch the Encore Edition every Saturday morning at 9. It's sponsored by Pensacola Hardware, Blue Sky Landscaping, and Barnes Feed Store. Attorney Joe Cordell. Divorce forces a father to focus on what's most important, his children. In the divorce process, this comes down to three key concerns, physical custody, decision-making, as well as financial support. Each of these is important, and it's important that you choose a lawyer that cares as much about these issues as you do. For matters in Tennessee, visit CordellCordell.com. 200 West Martin Luther King Boulevard, Suite 1000, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37402. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Get your finances in order and become financially free with Dave Ramsey. Weekdays 1 to 4 after Brian Kilmeade on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. I'm pretty tired. Think I'll go home now. Let it flow. Let just go. Slow and low. That is the tempo. You don't normally get to hear the follow-on, like the rest of the song. You just no. kind of hear that first part, but oh, my God, it's such a good album. 525 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News, and it's Friday. It's Friday. Hey. <laughs> David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. Hey. David? Clean tech subsidies are on the agenda to be discussed today when President Biden meets with the uh, European Commission president today. Their respective plans to boost homegrown clean energy are... Uh, also going to be discussed. At least eight people, including the suspect, have been 
have been uh, killed in a mass shooting in Germany. Local media there reporting that it happened at a church in Hamburg. More than two dozen people uh, were believed to have been shot. No word yet on a possible motive there. And streaming uh, and a resurgence in vinyl sales apparently have helped the music industry reach uh, an all-time high revenue. The Recording Industry Association of America says the uh, music industry made a record $15.9 billion last year. It's the seventh straight year of growth in the music industry. So if you've got a polka album you're planning to release, this would be the time to do it, Andrew. <laughs> well, dude, 52 years in the making. I got to get it right. <laughs> Thanks so much for the update, David. Oh, by the way, I got a note in here from somebody who says that uh, Christmas was at the meeting and did speak. The what now? <laughs> I watched. I watched the whole meeting. I I'm gonna go back and check because I did not see it. So it, my apologies. I just I was trying to tell you what I thought was the truth. I, so okay, I'll go back and check. But uh, Chris Smith may have been there, and my fault for not realizing it. I guess. Uh, Five twenty six on News Radio ninety two three. What else do we have going? Oh, uh, several uh, elements to gun legislation that are going on right now, and things that are taking place elsewhere. You heard uh, the other day we were talking about how in Missouri they had made a law that would prohibit their law enforcement officers from enforcing unconstitutional restrictions on guns, like basically telling them they can't enforce federal law. And the court struck that down and saying, yeah, you can't make a law that prohibits law enforcement officers from obeying federal law. Uh, so no go on that one. You also have the um, the post-Parkland bill that, re- that raised the age for buying a gun in the state of Florida to 21 from 18. And remember, it's always, or it's for a long time, it's you had to be 21 to buy a handgun. But this one made it so that shotguns and rifles, also what they what they call uh, long guns, um, that you had to be 21 to buy those. And a court upheld that. This has been a you know ongoing challenge. And there's actually been a bill filed in the legislature this year to put the age back to 18 for long guns, which would undo that. One of the four key provisions of the Parkland bill, that would be one of them to undo it. And it's one that gun rights advocates like myself and Republicans have long complained. How did you let that one happen? Because, you know, the 19 and the 20 year old girl who's uh, gone to college can't have a gun like that's amazing to me that we passed that law. Uh, Can't sorry, can't purchase a gun. And that was actually one of the key things that came out in the ruling was uh, they basically said the uh, the judge said, look, you didn't prohibit them from owning it. You only prohibited them from buying it. So if somebody is willing to buy them a gun and give it to them, that's acceptable. So they still have the opportunity for self-defense. What, based on the benevolence of the relatives? I mean, it's it's such a weird argument to me to be made. But there are the uh, the court case also said that the act of making it 21 is relatively in line with the history of gun regulations. So uh, here's a part of it. It says, while the act burdens 18 to 20-year-olds' right to buy firearms— Unlike its Reconstruction-era analogs, it still leaves 18- to 20-year-olds free to acquire any type of firearm, including the quintessential self-defense weapon, the handgun, in legal ways, as long as they don't buy the weapon for themselves. And that's true. Now, they wouldn't be allowed to carry it because you can't get a concealed carry permit, right? Okay? You could have it, I suppose, in your car, maybe, something like that, but you couldn't, you know, you can't conceal carry it. Um, and, and so, you know, basically, this judge was, or the three-judge panel that all ruled on this, they were looking at the history of gun legislation in Florida and in the United States, and they decided that prohibiting 18, 19, and 20-year-olds from buying guns while allowing them to own guns that other people give to them is less restrictive than the history of other laws that were allowed and not challenged as being unconstitutional 
therefore this is within the scope and history of what the um, Second Amendment meant for, for those people. I find that analysis very problematic because that, for example, I think would allow you to leave intact a law that, you know, like raise the voting age or something like this, because that was longstanding practice. And if you look at the history of laws in the country, you could say, for example, that, you know, being gay or practicing homosexuality was uh, prohibited by really severe measures for an awfully long time. And uh, therefore, that's in line. Well, that's very much out of step with current thinking. Right. You know, so I'm not sure that I buy this argument, but just kind of keeping you up to date that that lawsuit has gone through another round. It could certainly get appealed to the entire 11th Circuit Court the full court or certainly to the Supreme Court. And frankly, that's what I would expect. That's where this is going to likely wind up. 437-1620. It's Friday morning. David Wayne, what do you have coming up in your news, sir? Alex Andrade's filed a a bill to regulate Kratom sales. We'll tell you more about it right after this update from Fox. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. The bodies of two South Carolina men killed in Mexico returned to the United States. The two friends kidnapped with them were rescued Tuesday. And now five men are found tied up with a note supposedly from a drug cartel. It essentially says the Gulf cartel condemns the attack which took place last Friday. It apologizes to the Americans and the innocent Mexican woman who died in the shooting. And it lays blame on the five men who are tied up on the ground, essentially saying they were undisciplined and they took action without any orders from cartel leadership. Fox's Bill Malugin. Alec Murdoch's conviction and life sentences for his wife and son's murders are appealed by his defense attorneys. The trial lasting six weeks, but deliberations lasting about three hours. One of Murdoch's defense attorneys, South Carolina State Senator Dick Harputlian, taking to Twitter to say this is the next step in the legal process to fight for Alec's constitutional right to a fair trial. Fox's Kristen Goodwin, America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 70 and partly cloudy in Pensacola. I'm David Wayne. Well, you've no doubt seen it in convenience stores and gas stations. Kratom. It's an herb. Some people say it helps with anxiety, pain, sleep deprivation, and other things. It's regulated by the FDA as a supplement. State Representative Alex Andrade has now filed a bill that would place additional regulations on it. This is just making sure that products that are being brought into the state are safe. The same way that we make sure that, like, poultry and meat are safe. Andrade tells Channel 3 the bill would, one, require purchasers to be at least 21 years old, and two, it would place additional safety guidelines on Kratom that's brought into the state of Florida. HB 179 has now cleared the House Commerce Committee, and it's ready for a reading in the full House. An Escambia County man accused of attempting to kidnap an 11-year-old girl from a bus stop back in 2021, you probably remember seeing that video uh, online, has been sentenced to 15 years in prison. 32-year-old Jared Stanga faced a maximum of 30 years in prison. He was charged with first-degree felony kidnapping, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, and misdemeanor battery. Once he's released from prison, Stanga is ordered to have no contact with anyone under 18 except for his young daughter. Back in 2021, a girl was alone at a bus stop on Old Quarry Field Road when surveillance video showed Stanga running towards the girl with a knife, trying to grab her by the neck. That girl managed to fight Stanga off. He ran back to his vehicle. She ran to her home. Pensacola police say they cleared a bomb threat at N.B. Cook Elementary School yesterday. Students and staff were briefly evacuated while it was investigated. An 11-year-old was reportedly being questioned for allegedly making the threat. 
A law banning teenagers from buying guns in Florida has been allowed to stand. A federal appeals court yesterday upheld a law that says only those 21 and up can buy firearms. The NRA had sued to overturn the law and lower the age back to 18. It changed after the Parkland school shooting five years ago. And if you'd like to learn gun safety from the pros, the Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office wants to help you out. They're offering a free citizen's firearm safety class for people that want to learn about basic gun safety. The two-day course includes classroom education to learn about proper firearm maintenance when you are and are not legally allowed to use a a weapon in self-defense and proper handling. There's also a range day then to uh, put what you've learned into practice. The course does qualify you for a concealed carry permit in Florida as well. And as a reminder, even if the permitless carry law does pass in the state of Florida, you may still need a concealed carry permit if you want to carry in a different state. There's two classes with spots open in April and May. You can contact the Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office for more information on that course. 534, it's News Radio 92.3. We are going to be seeing a cloudy day today with a chance at a few showers, 30% chance of rain overall. We are going to have temperatures warming up near 80 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures will be dropping into the 50s as a cold front moves through. For your Saturday, sunshine returns. It will be a beautiful day, mostly sunny skies with temperatures in the low 70s. And by the time you hit Saturday night, temperatures will be dropping into the 50s. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thanks, Brooke. I'm looking forward to that beautiful weekend you promised. It's 70 degrees right now, partly cloudy in Pensacola. Your next news at 6, breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. Hey, Pensacola. News Radio 92.3 has it all. Pensacola Morning News, Pep Talk, Pensacola Right Now, Brian Kilmeade, Dave Ramsey. Local News, Fox News, WEAR News, Traffic on the Fives, Florida State Football, Election Coverage, Hurricane Coverage, Breaking News and Weather Coverage. News Radio 92.3, now heard on 95.3 and AM 1620. Informative, local, dependable. As a business owner, you have a lot on your plate, from managing staff, growing your business, training new hires, and more. With so much going on, you need Avalon. As an IRS certified PEO, Avalon HR can help from running your payrolls, remitting state and federal taxes, helping with COVID employee retention credits, workers' compensation insurance, employee benefits, and their HR expertise. Avalon HR lets you focus on your core business while we handle the rest. Avalon HR, employing made easy. As a small business owner, what keeps you up at night? Just knowing if your email got hacked or your phone system went down, it could cost you thousands in revenue as well as your reputation. That's where Data Revolution comes in with their unique position to take care of you and your business IT support, phone systems, cybersecurity, and more. Secure it and sleep better at night by going to datarevs.com. Winner of the 2021 Best of the Bay for IT support. Datarevs.com. Listen to local talk, national talk, local news, and national news on News Radio Pensacola on the FM dial at 92.3, 95.3, and on the AM dial at 
maybe out of the destination area. Uh, maybe out of the Destin area. One guy maybe oh. based out of the Destin area. So there's a lot of interest there. And so we had a good conversation. Uh, they asked, you know, kind of how we were tracking, what we expected on the site. And I said, we expected jobs, jobs, and jobs. That's what we, that's what we expect on the site. That's right. I said, that's, that's, right. that's what's going to be given the higher weight, the higher priority. This is uh, uh, Wes Moreno, who is the county administrator for Escambia County, talking with Commissioner Jeff Bergosh during his coffee with the commissioner earlier this week about OLF8. I'll explain in just a second. But again, I just want to apologize. Uh, I watched that meeting yesterday, and I thought Chris Smith didn't didn't talk. And sure enough, he was right there after Jerry Cooey. <laughs> I'm so glad somebody texted me and said, brother, you need to watch that meeting again. Like, oh, my God, you're so right. So I don't know how I missed it. But anyway, sometimes you do make mistakes. I apologize. Back to Wes Moreno. Um, and he said some pretty strong-worded things, by the way, of course. Uh, anyway, back to Wes Moreno. So this was a comment that followed up on the county commissioner's discussion about OLF8 last Thursday in which a lot of sort of eyebrows and hackles were raised when uh, Stephen Barry, Commissioner District 5, had said that uh, it wasn't obvious that we'd be able to follow the master plan, that we would definitely have to make some small changes with it, but they would try to honor the spirit of the master plan. You then had Jeff Bergash, who jumped on that and said, yeah, the spirit, the spirit, maybe we can get more jobs and less of other stuff, which was kind of always the issue. And so a lot of people are hearing that, and then they hear Wes Moreno say, um, to this developer who's interested, you know, the key is jobs, 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 which again would be kind of the Bergash Berry view of OLF8 and a concern about whether the master plan that was hammered out over a lot of, you know, really difficult negotiations is going to be honored by the county commission for that property. Wes joined us yesterday as he does on a Thursday. Wes, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Hey Andrew, it's always good to be here, man. Hey, great to share with you. So, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the role of the critic skeptic here for just a second. Um, the critic skeptics, uh, the opponents, whatever, they heard the conversation about OLF8 in the county commission meeting, where you had Stephen Barry say, you know, the spirit of the master plan, you know, as opposed to the actual master plan. Uh, that's something that Commissioner Bergash also picked up on and and seemed to like, and they seemed to emphasize the possibility of shifting the focus more towards what they've always uh, anticipated, which was jobs. And the other side, including Teresa Blackwell, said, no, wait, what? We have an agreement. And then now you're saying to this group, maybe from you know a little farther down the panhandle from us, uh, you're telling them, hey, the key is jobs, 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 as opposed to saying, well, we have this master plan. Make sure that you can do that. Reassure folks who are concerned about this that the master plan really is still the guiding document. It is. The master plan is a guiding document. Uh, it is there. It's in place. The only way you deviate from the master plan is by an action of the board, and I don't believe there's any appetite. To, and, that, and as you said, the spirit of the master plan, I will tell you that there are things that will need to be modified, not not the multi-purpose development, but there, you know, there was, it doesn't appear to me that there was an engineer involved in, in, in the planning part. So, you know, we were going to have to triumph all over. We were going to build a road. Even to build the road, the entrance road, we were going to have to modify the master plan a little bit the ordinance to build what we needed to build for the entrance road. So there will have to be some tweaks along the way to the master plan. I don't think we need to go tweak, tweak, tweak. I think we need to wrap it all up in one time and, and present it and have the public hearings. I think people will see and realize that, hey, okay, the board really is going to stick to a multi-purpose developed site, uh, you know, with a light industrial to the north and some commercial along Nine Mile and some 
residential, some multifamily, and some amenities and green spaces. I mean, we're we're absolutely going to be sticking to to the multi-purpose development. Well, that's that's great. That's what I think. That's what people want to hear. And I know where they're coming from is they're like, "Well, show me the final details, and you know, then I'll believe you." But I, you know, that's that's encouraging to hear. Obviously, um, one of the other things you announced yesterday, or actually, it might have been Eric Gilmore, uh, director of public safety, announced yesterday was that the new fire truck that we have taken possession of it and put it through some of the paces um, uh, for the Paradise Beach uh, fire station that's going to be off of Highway 98 near the Sportsplex. Uh, for people who might not have been following this, can you give them just a little bit of a where we're at and how soon we could actually see something? Yeah, so uh, we did a phone call with the Navy. Uh, Commissioner Kohler uh, was in Jacksonville, and, and he had a meeting over there, and we dialed in, and uh, there's a, a piece of property there at the entrance to the sportplex, sportsplex, and it's, it's referred to as the Triangle. And so the Navy is willing to donate us that piece of property. Uh, it does have some wetland areas on it, but it doesn't seem to have many. And so we're doing our due diligence on that property to see what type of building uh, that we can put there to, for a firehouse. And that, that's, we're supposed to have that information back, I believe, by tomorrow. Uh, but we're always looking at a building, looking at a modular-type building. That's a fraction of the cost of a regular brick-and-mortar building, but yet would still meet the needs, meet all the wind loads and all the codes that they don't have to meet. And we can have that building fairly quickly. I say fairly quickly. I would say within at least 12 months. They bring it, and they put it on the site. That, that's, how, that's how it's done. And so... It's all coming together. We've got the fire truck, the pumper truck's here. We're out getting it outfitted. Eric's put it through the paces. He's really impressed with it, likes it, says it's going to be fine. And so we'll get the triangle. If we want to get possession of the triangle, then it's a matter of doing the, the site engineering. And, uh, yeah, I would say, with, you know, within a year, 12 months, a year and a half maybe, we'll have a fire presence back on Paradise Beach. Outstanding. Again, of course, Navy permitting, which we are you know, optimistic about that, but Navy permitting. So just a question, and I don't know the answer to this. Um, if it is such a cost savings and you can make these modular buildings do whatever you want them to do, uh, why didn't we go that option for the nine-mile fire station that just got put up or is just – honestly, I, don't, I haven't been out there, so it could be up. I'm not quite sure where we're at on that, but that's a build from scratch, not a modular, yeah, it, right? It, 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 that is built from scratch. The modular um, came about. My facilities uh, director, Rob Hogan, he started doing some research, and he came across uh, this particular company, and, and they happened to be going to erect one of these uh, modular buildings for a firehouse in Pace. And so we're absolutely going to go over there and take a look at that and, and see how it works. And I started looking into them. For other uses, such as uh, small community centers and such, yeah, uh, you know, it, it seems to provide us a great option to because we can outfit them to do it to be anything—a community center or just a meeting space or a firehouse or a firehouse slash community center. Uh, you can do all kinds of things uh, with these buildings, so it seems. And so, it's something we, that we want to look into and pursue because if we can do this and, and save a lot of money, we'll actually expedite quite a few projects for us. Yeah, and I mean, I assume shorter time frame too. So both good. And uh, so, what I hear you saying is we just weren't really aware that was an option. We became aware, and so now that's kind of what we're pursuing for the future. But great. Um, oh, I had a, a friend ask me a question, and again, I haven't had eyes on it, so I'm not sure of the status, but uh, he says that um, basically since Sally, 
the Pensacola beer, uh, pier, the, the main fishing pier, has had all kinds of problems with it that, you know, boards are not what they should be. Some are rotting. And then at the end, like um, where you, you know, grab ling off of the end there that you can't like it's 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 the, the barriers down and it's just not functionally usable. Can you tell me why it's if that's all true, why it's that way and when we should expect to see repairs back to normal? So we are at 60% design on that pier. Um, you know, you go through a FEMA process and all their FEMA approvals, and you get to the point of, of going into the design, and they have to review the, the, the design each step of the way. It's just a, it's just their process. Um, but we are at 60% plans and hoping, driving hard to put that out for bid probably around July or yeah, around July, so that we can be ready to issue an NTP, hopefully around the end of September or October, and let it drive on through what is supposedly the, the slow season on the beach. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, but they are they are working hard hard to get that. Uh, okay. So we, bring, this is this is not going to be truck. fixed right away, but this is why the process has been taking so long. Okay. Well, that's helpful. I was helpful to understand. Uh, summer Youth Employment Program. You guys are in the midst of that, but it closes Friday. The application portal, right? Yep, sure does. Close this Friday. That's such a great program. Uh, one of the Commissioner Mays initiatives, and you know, I think we had something uh, 150, I think, close to last year, and we look for that again this year, maybe not more. Uh, it's such a good exposure for the youth to come into county government, see what we do, all the different aspects and facets of county government. Uh, you know, you can. We do a lot of things. We do a lot of different things, a lot of interesting things, and uh, we do them well. Uh, it's, so it's good for them to, to get in with our staff and, and get a little bit of experience, and some of them hang with us and, you know, come on permanent, and some of them move on to other things. But uh, but it's a good program. It does give them a, a good look into their local government. No, I think it's a great program. The city does the same thing, and, you know, it's always a good opportunity for the kids. Um, you guys did some uh, animal search and rescue disaster response training last week. Is that right? Yeah, so we got a we received a grant from ASCPA, and John Robinson, our uh, animal services director, is uh, I think one of the best around. He is just really on on the cutting edge of these things, and it's something. It's a vision of his to to put uh, a team together, emergency response rescue team together to help out in different disasters and, and scenarios, whether it be here locally or or maybe somewhere else, but it's been a need of ours. You know, it's uh, people don't realize just the, how many animals, large and small, that uh, that we contend with there through animal services, especially during like a hurricane or a tornado or a flooding event or what, whatever it may be. So we got the grant, and through this grant, we've been able to put a team together and then give them specialized training. No, that's fantastic. And as you said, it's the kind of thing that, you know, it's important work. Man, it happens all that often, but it's, you got to be prepared when it does happen. Uh, last thing, people are always complaining about litter. You talked about this a little bit yesterday with Commissioner Bragash, but uh, you took a moment to give people a sense of the scope <laughs> of the problem and the work that is done yeah. by Public Works. Tell us. Public Works has picked up 82,640-something bags of litter. That's 82,640-something bags of litter. We pick up litter Over, over how much day. time? You know, that's probably a year's time. Oh, that's my God. a 12-month period. And, uh, and that does not include the heavy bulk, the bulk waste that we pick up with the grapple trucks. That's just bags of litter. 
you know, we got a call yesterday in, in District 3, and somebody cleaned the house out and dumped it all out on the right-of-way. And uh, I guess it had been there. You know, we don't have osmosis, so we don't know when that <laughs> happens unless somebody calls and tells us, you know. And so the, 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 some of the citizens, you know, they get upset and they want to call the news and all these, just call us, man, we'll come get it. And we did. We went over there with our grapple trucks and our inmate crews and we got it all cleaned up. But it, it's a problem. I don't understand. I don't understand the people who litter. I, 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 I don't even know if I can make myself fill a cup out the window. I know. Same. <laughs> but, exact uh, same I, I, for me. Wow. Well, that's a, that's amazing. That's, a, that's an amazing picture of the volume of it. Um, but wow. All right. Well, Wes Moreno, as always, very good information. Thank you for the stuff that you're doing for the county and for sharing some time with us this morning, man. I appreciate it. I know it's a, uh, there's a lot that goes on, and uh, you've been doing a really good job as county administrator, so I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week, sir. Thank you, Andrew. We'll see you. Absolutely. 550 here on News Radio 92.3. When you're looking at that next used vehicle, here's what I recommend Frontier Motors, okay? And even, listen, if you're thinking about a new car, go to Frontier. <laughs> and just here's, here's why. They particularly specialize in cars that are one to two to three years old. So it's the new car a year from now, right? That's like the, the, the Odyssey that we bought was a new car one year old, okay? And so you go there and you can compare the price between that new one that you're thinking of and the one- or two-year-old one in great condition that Frontier Motors has for sale. And you make the decision, which is really the best for your pocketbook, okay? Um, but it's not just the good cars and the good selection and the people and the way they treat you. And then something kind of cool that happens at the time of sale that I don't want to ruin for you because it's neat. Um, but it's afterwards. It's afterwards. I got follow-up calls from our sales guy, Calvin, six months and a year after I bought the car, making sure that nothing was wrong with the car. Never has that happened to me entire in my entire life, okay? And, you know, basically when he called me for the year one, I was like, well, one of the physical keys doesn't work, and it's a small enough thing. But, you know, he's like, well, bring it in. We'll replace it. And I just assumed he meant like, oh, you know, they can do the work and I'd pay them for it, right? You know, 100, 150 bucks, whatever. He said, no, no, no. You expected two keys. You get two keys. Bring it in on us. Like a year after I bought the car? Yeah. Okay, so I did, and they did. Five minutes, ten minutes later, I had it done and went home. Who does that? I mean, that's, and I've I've talked to other people where they've discovered something, you know, with their car nine months later, and you know, Frontier takes care of it because it was it, it was supposed to be right. I mean, that's an amazing standing by your product, but that's the point. Frontier wants you to not just buy that car, but all the cars you're ever going to buy from them because they want you to know you can trust them. Serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years, right behind that big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. Hey, this is Dr. Ben McMillan. I do a show on the Pensacola Expert Panel. We talk about your health problems. Let me educate you about the Activator Method of Adjusting, which offers a safe and effective alternative to traditional manual adjustments. So whether you've been hurt in a car accident or have been suffering from back or neck pain, chiropractic care could be your solution and not just a temporary fix. Join me this morning on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. You know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair of Swan Capital, Saturdays at 1, to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do all the things you've dreamt about doing in retirement. Don't miss What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair, Saturdays at 1. Firm offers insurance services, advisory services offered through Swan Capital, LLC. 
Tune in today at 10 to the Pensacola Expert Panel when Dr. John Stevenson, Associate Vice President of Student Affairs at Pensacola State College, will be on the show. He'll be discussing priority registration, student life, athletics, financial aid sessions, pirate path, and what's new at the Pensacola State College. That's all today at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel with Dr. John Stevenson from Pensacola State College. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Fox News personality Brian Kilmeade, afternoons at 11. Before Dave Ramsey on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. You get the hell out of here before I throw you out. Don't fret me, Al. You're out of shape. I'll kick your ass. It just makes me so happy. I haven't heard this in forever. I feel like the uh, the 60s without Austin Powers is coming right back in my ear right now. 554 here on News Radio 92.3, informative local throwback. I'm Andrew McKay. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Pope Francis says retirement might be a possibility. He did an interview with the Italian language media that's being published today, and he said he would consider resigning if he gets too tired to continue his role as the Pope. Rush Limbaugh's Palm Beach mansion is sold for $155 million. The Wall Street Journal says the 2.7-acre property was quietly put on the market last year. The new owner has not been named. And are you guys ready for a new George Santos story? Oh, well, yes, always. I when mean, am I not? <laughs> they all they, they seem to get better with each story that comes out about him. A, a Brazilian man is now claiming that Congressman George Santos was in charge of a credit card skimming operation in Seattle in 2017. <laughs> okay. Politico is reporting that Gustavo Trelha submitted a sworn declaration to federal authorities claiming that Santos had taught him how to put skimming devices on ATM machines, and how to clone cards. CBS News says Trella was convicted in 2017 of felony access device fraud and deported back to Brazil. And when he had that uh, deportation hearing, George Santos was at the hearing as a family friend. <laughs> you know, you know oh what's so gosh. funny about this is the normal reaction you have when somebody tells you an outrageous claim against a person is that can't be true. Nobody has that reaction with George Santos <laughs> at all. About there's anything. like, there's no range, you know, so wide that you say, no, nah, I don't believe that could have ever happened. No. In fact, your reaction when you hear like the allegation is that George Santos ran up, a, uh, ran a credit card skimming ring. You're like, tell me more salesman. Is, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, is that all? I mean, it just seems like, that could be true. That could be entirely true. I have no idea. Oh, Maybe man. that's where the campaign funds from. <laughs> that's right. Hey. Do you think? Do you think he's ever got the sense like, man, time to outdo myself, hold my beer? You know, like that's in his mind. You know, like he's got to be thinking that every all day. All the time. Yeah. It's got to be. It's What's the, he gonna do now? It's I the mean, thrill of the uh, you know the pathological liar gets a thrill out of it. I mean, because they feel like they put it all over on you. Plus, it's creative, and they're laughing at everybody while they're doing it. Anyway, so hopefully say, he doesn't get arrested again or, or uh, elected. Oh, now Again. you're taking up for him. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I mean, what what the heck can you do now? You can't run for anything. Nobody's going to hire you. He's just oh, going to be doing cameo. I would not be so confident. 
I'm, l- I don't listen, know. I, I know it's very, like, tempting to say, surely the fine people of New York would never, ever reelect George Santos. But need I remind you of Hank Johnson in Georgia? Hank Johnson, now, very true. in fairness, Hank Johnson, not as bad as George Santos. But Hank Johnson is the one who gave you a half-hour speech on the floor of the House of Representatives explaining why unions are important because, like midgets teaming up in a cage match against the giant of big business, that's the way you take them down. Hank Johnson, who explained or asked the question to an admiral one time in testimony, are you worried that too many Marines being placed on an island on Guam might tip the island over? I'm just telling you, the American electorate has pretty broad range <laughs> to elect people. But to be fair, that's nothing compared to George Santos. No, no, in, in fairness. Yeah, no, I mean, this is this is a different case. This is a unicorn kind of case, right? And, you know, we'll see. I know, his, uh, his last name has become a verb it's or an adjective. Right. Oh, David, what a Santos. Thanks so much for the update. Six foot, you, you know that, you know the Hank Johnson Guam one? Have you ever heard no, of that? No, no. Oh, I got to dig up yeah. that clip, man. I don't think I have it real handy. Let me. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something I would never do normally, but I'm gonna look real quick because I, I I switched laptops like a year ago, and so I don't know if I have it on this one. But you could see where somebody would say that, like, ha ha ha, look at me exaggerating oh, versus oh, look at me skimming far, credit cards. Far, look at far, me far stealing money from a dog vet. Far too. Oh no, veteran. here I do have it. Oh great. <laughs> oh, this is my favorite day. All right. These these are um these are genuine. Like this is from a congre- a congressional hearing several years ago. Okay, this is Hank Johnson, uh, Georgia's 6th District. Yeah, my, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and, uh, and capsize. Oh. Uh, we don't anticipate that. The, uh, <laughs> the he was serious? population, I think, currently about yes. 175,000, and again, with 8,000 Marines in their families, it's an addition of about 25,000 uh, more uh, into the population. Admiral Robert Willard. I take um, everything back that I said. I'm sorry. Um, we, we don't anticipate that, Congressman. <laughs> that is my all-time favorite military answer, by that's the way. That's now my all-time favorite <laughs> military answer. Okay, that's You know hilarious. that completely insane thing you just said a moment ago, Congressman? We don't anticipate that being a problem for us this time. Okay, my bad. <laughs> We'll be back in just a few minutes. Transgressors comes up in about 20. Stick around.